1: Revolutionary technology, real world results. That's SAP Business AI. Many moons ago when I used to DJ at a strip club, I used to play this song. I was just in a festival this weekend, uh-huh. and I this is actually the first one that I've. I've oh, I gone, could not handle that. But also, I'm going now. I used to color my beard and my hair, and now yeah. I'm I'm the gray haired guy walking around the festival. Right. And I just I've never felt more like just old because you're just everybody walking around has got their like festival outfit on, yeah. and they've been planning it for weeks, and they're just they're like fucking young. And I would go up to like, I'm like, hey, excuse me. Um, do you no know? cop. Yeah, I know. It was like, I was like, hey, do you know where the main stage is? Ew, get away from me. I'm not trying to fuck you. Hey, I was I'm like-
2: supposed to be the fella to buy a dime bag at the Def Leppard stage. Do you guys know which direction that's headed in?
1: Electric feel. It's by MGMT off their 2007 debut album, Oracular Spectacular. And it's number 494 out of 500 on The 500 with Josh Adam Myers. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, the King of Fleece, the four-legged comedian, Jimmy Josh Adams, the one and only Josh Adam Myers, here to join you guys on our journey through Rolling Stone Magazine's list of the top 500 albums of all time. We are going from number five, honey, all the way down to numero uno. So make sure you paid for your Spotify's, your Apple Music's, your titles, and make sure you subscribe to the 500. What's up, everybody? Hope you guys are having a nice week. Dude, Christmas is in the air, man. I love it. I love Christmas season so much. L.A. is just deserted. It's also great for me because when uh, my agent and manager aren't calling me, it's because the town is shut down, not because Hollywood doesn't want me. Great response on the Fortune Feemster episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening and tuning in. Guys, I want you to tweet at me and tweet at Fortune if you dug it. I love how open she was, and it was honest to God. Such a fun record to do. Bonnie Raitt. Like I said, man, I honestly thought it was going to be country. I was blown away when that girl came out and shredded. So once again, thank you to each and every one of you for tuning in last week and to follow along with us on this movement. Big news. This is all I want to talk about, everybody. Your boy, Josh Adam Myers, me, is going to be on the new Claypool Lennon Delirian album South of reality. It comes out February 22nd, 2019. If you're wondering what that means is I did some voiceover work for Sean. I had met Sean Lennon at a party. We hit it off and we started jamming together. And he was like, hey, I really like your voice. You know, I'm looking for someone to do some voiceover work for my new record. And I was like, hey, man, I'll take a crack at it. So I went to my agent's office. I took a crack at it. I sent it to him, and he was like, dude, I love this. He's like, I don't know if we're going to put it on the record, but thank you for sending it in. And then I hit him up to say, just to send him some love on December 8th, uh, the anniversary of John Lennon's uh, death. Mur- I was about to say murder, death. I mean, it's it was murder, but the anniversary of John Lennon's death and... Sean was like dude thank you so much Also you made it to the record You're in the credits uh, I am blown away I'm such a huge fan of Sean's music I'm such a huge fan of Les Claypool's music I love Primus growing up So go out and get South of Reality By the Claypool Lennon Delirium February 22nd 2019 Your boy is on the record So do it five honeys I need my little five honeys to go out there and support your boy. Also, I got to tell you guys about this. I almost got into a fight this week. On stage, I was doing the Kibbutz Room in Hollywood. And I made this joke about my dog. And this guy in the back of the room goes, I got a dog. And he says it like that. And all I heard was, you lie. You ain't never met Dr. Martin Luther King. So I said that back to him. And then he just went off, man. And he starts shitting on me. And so I just kept shitting on him. And then uh, he said something about the way I was dressed. And the dude was, like, dressed like a scenester. So I said to him and all of his boys, I was like, yo, shouldn't all of you guys be waiting in line to buy a $500 Supreme T-shirt? And then even more hell broke loose. Like 15 dudes started coming at me. And if it wasn't for my boy... Clayton English, uh, Heavy, Esther Steinberg, and Noah Gardenschwartz for diffusing the situation. Josh, your host, Jimmy Josh Adams, the king of fleece, would have to be buried in fleece. They would have killed me, and then I went outside, and then they were like, we're waiting outside for yes." And I was like, cool, I'm just going to go eat some latkes. And then I went and ate some latkes. And waited until the situation was diffused I'm fine Don't fuck with me First let me eat my latkes What if I was like yo I'm gonna go in there fuel up on some latkes And then I'm gonna whoop your ass I would've been killed dude So that would've been scary there have been no more podcasts But we got one this week And guess who our guest is From Arrested Development Flake, and Idiot Sitter, and you might know him most of all from his hit podcast, The Dollop. We have the man, the myth, one of the funniest dudes I know, Gareth Reynolds. I met him through Ryan Sickler and Jay Larson. He he did the crab feast a bunch and just crushed it. He's so funny, and then the first time I met him at a show, I started talking to him, and When you just have that connection with somebody where you and him are just riffing back and forth, it is off to the races in my book, and I just fell in love with this dude. I think this guy is hands down one of the funniest people in the world. And this was such a fun record to do with him because I like MGMT kind of. Like, I didn't really—well, you'll hear. I didn't really dig the record at first, but then it came on, and he felt the same— Because usually I'm matching him up with somebody, and I was like, you know what? Gareth would be perfect for this. And so we sat down and just had such a good time. So I'm so excited for you guys to hear this album and this podcast. You're going to dig it. Don't forget to listen to the end of the podcast, guys, where we spotlight a new artist that was directly influenced by MGMT. I'm telling you guys, this week, they are incredible. You're going to love this band. Also, Rate and review, and most importantly, subscribe to The 500. This is a movement. This is a a record book club. The only way this works is if we get a huge discussion going. So help me help y'all. Follow me, Josh Adam Myers, on all social media. JoshAdammyers.com. Email the podcast at The500Podcast.com. And for all things 500, go to our website, The500Podcast.com. That's where you'll find the mixtapes that each one of my guests makes for you guys. I don't know if you're checking them out, but they're they're really cool, man. Well, I asked every guest to make a mixtape for all of you so you can get inside the musical mind of Bill Burr, the musical mind of Jim Jeffries, the musical mind of Kevin Neal, the musical mind of Oprah Winfrey when she does this. So dig it, man. I want you guys to get as much out of this as you can. And the only way to do that is to find out the information at the500podcast.com. So on that note, ladies and gents, here we go with number 494 out of 500 with Oracular Spectacular by MGMT.
0: It is Gareth Reynolds, cause it Gareth, Gareth, Gareth. You,
1: Gareth, you're here. Hi. Finally. Hello. Actually, it wasn't really hard to get you. I actually. No, no, it, it was actually <laughs>
2: supremely easy. I appreciate you pretending like it was a get. But uh, yeah, you were like, "How about the twenty-six? I was like, "Great, let's go."
1: Well, I. You, what was funny was it's it's just like I I've I've known you for a while, but what really what sold the deal is that when we did hot tub together. And you just start riffing, and it's like I remember just how your brain works, and then I'm just like, oh yeah, dude. It's not I,
2: ready for the real world.
1: Well, because I this was a record that I couldn't. I, I'm not, I just like there, I didn't know anybody that was like a fan, so the idea of trying to find somebody, you always want to like match them up. You're like, all right, well, yeah. well, like all right, so so Ryan Sickler's obsessed with BB King, so he's got to do that. It like makes sense. So MGMT was a little bit was a little bit difficult. Well, i but I didn't know about MGMT.
2: I, I like had not I kn- well when I listened to it I was like oh I do know some of this but I I did not know much about
1: MGMT that's that's how that's you were how like I you need too, to kill yeah. the
2: album with someone and well, I'm your
1: guy no it, I would never say kill I actually think this is probably going to be one of the best ones because I, you're the first person that doesn't like or doesn't know the record ahead yeah, of time yeah what did you what did you grow up listening to like what's your musical history. Well, my, I have a
2: brother who is twelve years older, and so I think when that happens, you get formed a little bit by that person. And he was like, he ended up being like a uh, like a you know like death metal bands in Milwaukee, where I'm from.
1: And why you see your brother played a death metal bands? Yes,
2: yeah. What do he play? He played guitar and sang. He played Scream. Yeah, yeah, he did. He was <laughs> he a played. scream. It was amazing when I first saw him because I was like, oh my, God. he sounded like the devil like jerking off. And I was just like, wait, that is the guy who I eat corn pops with.
1: I know. You walk into his bedroom and you're like, Frank, you have every dinner time. <laughs> Jesus okay. Christ. I'm just
2: warming up. Okay. So there's a the portal in the wall <laughs> that's shooting blood. <laughs> and why is he playing that record backwards? I'll <laughs> bring it to your room. There's a big portal. I think the devil's been eating the meals we're giving him up here.
1: Yeah. Have you been watching the movie The Gate a lot? I have a feeling the you're really gate. into that. you remember The Gate?
2: I don't know. remember The Gate. It but it is a, it's very, I can tell what The Gate is already. Oh, it's just
1: about a portal. You yep. said portal. I did. I don't know why I had to clarify that when you said you already knew, but the listeners. <laughs> what, well, what if I didn't remember?
2: I did? Oh my God, what? I gotta go to the doctor. I can't finish this show.
1: Oh, that death I'm metal! I'm portaling my, again. I just listened to too much death metal in yeah. my youth. Yeah. So what? Your brother's into death metal. So what is does that, does so that make I, you into
2: I? Well, I mean, it eventually did. But what I really started with was my I mean, honestly the first band that like I remember liking was the Monkees. Okay.
1: That was the first band that Cause I of like because the, the TV show.
2: Yeah, I think it was like partially. Yeah, it must have been. That must have been how it started. That was my portal. <laughs> was the uh, TV show, and. Um, And so I, uh, yeah, I saw that, and then that, you know, they had the music like kind of integrated into the show, and then so I really just became like a big fan of the Monkees. My first concert was Weird Al opening up for the Monkees. How Um, old were you? I was probably like. Seven. I mean, I was real young. So you, you, you went, not Neil you went Young solo, to be clear, right?
1: Of course, of course, it's I went
2: seven. solo, and I, I, you know, did some, uh, uh, you know, nitrous in the parking lot. Sold some six bucks a balloon. <laughs> I was seven at
1: the time. You know what I mean? I knew what I was doing. You really wanted to go on the road with them, so you started trying to make quesadillas. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I cities. killed Peter Torque
2: and wore him. <laughs> yeah, let's do it, guys. I don't think Peter's English. Oh
1: no. Well, is this are you, is this in England? Did you were you born in? No, England? I was born in Wisconsin. My is parents it? by English parents. You have English parents and an English brother, yeah, so so you so you go see the monkeys I so was, I go see the monkeys, yeah. and that
2: was that really was like, um. That was my favorite band for a while. Um, but yeah, that's what it and then and then I slowly started to get into more rap. I started to like, you know, I like listening to rap more and more. But then yeah, and then and Nirvana. Nirvana in high school was also like a band that I listened to a shitload when I got a little older. I, I
1: remember was. watching I remember watching MTV in fuck, I want to say seventh grade. And I remember it went from it went from Nelson's, like, I can't live without your oh, love God. and affection. You know,
2: I had successfully blocked them out until just now.
1: <laughs> now I remember the
2: two. When Ooh. the twin blonde guitar players. What was the
1: other one? The song they did? It was like, oh, no uh, idea. oh fuck. Wait, no, I want to get it. I want to get it. Is we it... split in the womb.
2: <laughs> that was one of them, right?
1: <laughs> I know what you're thinking, because it's the same chrome as, zones <laughs> Man, as me. Man,
2: I, I was like, is he doing a song or a bit? That's, was a doing, good, was, that's a game that show. That was a game show. Run the Jewels is the band that like, or not even band, but Run the Jewels is the the pairing that I probably listen to the most now. I mean, I. listen
1: it's a pretty new band. I mean, it might has members from that have been you know relevant within the last twenty years. But yeah, I mean, that's a, it's about a new... couple of
2: grinders. I mean, like, yeah. But the, yeah, I, I mean, also, I mean, I just I've loved Killer Mike forever, and I like the way he like he writes these like he writes from like the perspective of like sixteen forty. Like there are times <laughs> where like the stuff he's saying is just like. You know, about a class system where, you know, the lower class needs to uproot and just kill the king, essentially. And so he has a lot of innuendo like that that for some reason I identify with. And I think more and more identify with, you know, like... um his take. And also, I mean, like the, the beats are awesome too. But so, that that's actually the last concert I went to. I don't go to a lot of shows. So that was the last show I went to. Was yeah, it feels
1: weird. It feels weird. Like yeah. I go into a, a particular band show I can do. Uh, I was just in a festival this weekend uh-huh. and i this is actually the first one that I've, I've oh, I could gone. not handle that. But also I'm going now I used to color my beard and my hair and now yeah. I'm I'm the gray haired guy walking around the festival. Right. And I just I've never felt more like, uh, just old, because you're just, everybody walking around has got their, like, festival outfit on, yeah. and they've been planning it for weeks, and they're just, they're, like, fucking young. And I would go up to, like, I'd be like, hey, excuse me, um... do you No know? cop! Yeah, I know, it was like, I was <laughs> like, hey, do you know where the main stage is? Ew, get away from me, I'm not trying to fuck you. Hey, I was I'm like, supposed to be the
2: fella to buy a dime bag at the <laughs> Def Leppard stage. Do you guys know which direction that's headed in? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, so you're walking around and like you feel yeah. like a sore thumb. I know. Yeah, I I don't think I, I mean that part. You know that part would bother me a little bit, but it's more the like I'm just it, it would not be as uh, I would not enjoy
1: it. So well, the reason I I picked you for the record is not just like I said because of our um you know of our connection as friends, but I thought I was like this will be interesting. To find out, because I didn't, when I immediately said, what do you think about mg and you were like, I don't know. Him. And, yeah. and I was like, okay. And then that was perfect, because I really, really think that this would have been a fun record. Because after I listened to it, I got different thoughts, and I was like, all right, I want to find somebody that I may be able to have fun with this record on. So as we've talked about, we're discussing album number 494 out of 500. It is MGMT's 2007 release, Oracular Spectacular. And I'm telling you, I had to practice that multiple times, as well as the names of the people in the band. Oh, yeah. Because the album is written... I don't perfor- even know where they're from. They, Oh, fuck. That's one of the things of research well, what I are left the names? Off. What are their names? They're written and performed by Andrew Van Wingarden. I think I've got an idea. And Ben Goldwasser. No, I'll find no. out right here. Here, I'll tell you exactly where they're from. They are a band from Middletown, Connecticut, oh, formed wow. in 2002, but they uh, are just two guys that met at, if I'm not mistaken, The I think they went to college together. I know that for a fact. They went to college together and, uh, and just somehow started dicking around, and then here we are with, with this record. So, so what did you know about them before I brought it up? I knew like, nothing.
2: I knew nothing. I didn't know who they were. But then after I started listening, then I was like, oh, okay, I know a few of these songs. And I liked those songs. They're songs that I've heard, you know, in the past, whatever.
1: Yeah, the hits the hits were out there.
2: Yeah. So, there, So yeah, so I was like, oh, shit, I like these. But then I was hearing, you know, I heard a bunch of songs that I'd never heard.
1: So, all right, so judging by, so your only knowledge, did you know what they looked like? Did you no. know what the album cover of this looked album like? The album cover, now I know what
2: it looks like because yeah. I downloaded it, but I didn't before. Did you pay? Yeah.
1: You paid? Yeah. I'm going to give you the money. No, back.
2: no, because you tried to get me to Spotify, and I don't use it. It's my punishment for living in the you know, the past. I like that my iPod has a lot of albums in it. Like, but mo- So most people, when they download stuff, they'll just download songs, and that was something also nice. But that's also what I think about, um, like, you know, even like Midnight Marauder. If you were to listen to Mid- Midnight Marauder and you listen to a few songs, you know, randomly, you'd probably be like, yeah, they're good but uh, but yeah i think like you know you never listen to an album fucking song after song after song in the order it was put together as someone planned on it
1: so it was, that was another thing i liked about the experience so how how many times did you listen to this a bunch like what's a bunch 'Cause I'm at forty. Eight times? So you had no idea about this record then. No. And so you listened to it eight times. What do you what do you experience the first time you listen to this? Like what goes through your head? Like what are you are you connecting to it? Are you like, all right, I don't feel this at all? Like There's some stuff that
2: I wasn't digging too much. Like the you know, the there's the, the second to last song, I can't remember what the second to last song is called, but that was one that like I was just sort of like, meh, I'm not crazy about it. Is, oh, ever. okay. But there were a lot of songs that I would listen to and not necessarily like, but then I would... Like, The Youth. Like, that was one of the songs that, at first, I was like, eh, you know. But it had a good feel. And then... um, And they were kind of reminded me... Like, they remind me a lot of different musical sounds together, which I think is good, too. Like, I felt like there was some David Bowie. There was a little Modest Mouse. Yeah, They, um, you know, there was, like, definitely elements that I was into. But, like... The song Time to Pretend, which is
1: obviously a hit, or Electric Feel, which is obviously a hit. Time to Pretend, uh, I, I hated the first time I heard that. And actually I hated it up until a few listens ago. Because yeah. when I originally had heard that song, I don't know what it was, but it was something on my computer that every time iTunes opened and you like used... If iTunes was open on my computer and I was using the old Apple TV remote... It like just if I that. pushed if I pushed play, it would it, for somehow the remote was connected to my Apple TV and to my computer mm-hmm. and it would turn that song on. And so you immediately hear just like. <laughs> so it kinda of became your <laughs> clockwork <laughs> orange sort of song. Yeah, yeah, I mean, here, uh Peter, throw in a clip of that so we can hear and compare that to a clockwork orange song. Because I'm pretty sure it's like noo 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 no. It's more the situation of going mad from your song. Yeah, so there's Peter. So when
2: you, sorry, let me talk to Peter. Peter. Peter, So when you look for that, keep in mind that's also the comparison I'm going for. Thanks, Peter.
1: And then find the, and then find the Clockwork Orange. Now put the Clockwork Orange one on. I want the intro song, so it's going to go like start right here. There's no Peter, is there? There is a beer. Oh, okay. I, I'm, I, a I'm a... starting to... I, dude, I, I needed help with this because I had so many emotional breakdowns <laughs> trying to do every other podcast. <laughs> that... I'm working on it, guys. I'm reading a lot of Eckhart Tolle. I'm trying to be present. Oh, that's right. Are you present right now? I'm not Eckhart Tolle present right now, but I'm here. <laughs> nobody, can yeah, nobody gets to Eckhart. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. I believed right from the jump of this record after the first listen This is the tale of two sides of an album. This is the first half, which goes from Time to Pretend down to Kids. So that's one, two, three, four, five songs. Time to Pretend, Weekend Wars, The Youth, Electric Feel, and Kids. Now, that to me sounded like just its own record, and it could have just ended there. That's
2: interesting. I did not think of that, but that's very true.
1: Then you switch from fourth dimensional transition, pieces of what, or pieces of what, of moons, birds, and monsters the handshake and future reflections it's a totally different record it's not poppy at all yeah and it becomes so i I, here's what i think i think it's like it becomes synth pop at the beginning and then it goes to uh it goes to full-on psychedelic rock
2: yeah you're right because when i think about it i would say that the first half would be my bowie-esque comparison and the second half would be more my modest mouse comparison and then Of Moods, Birds, and Monsters is a song that had a little bit of a ween vibe to it for me. But yeah, I definitely think you could. there is a difference. I wonder if that is anything into how it was produced. I wonder if one of them wrote half and one of them wrote the other half. You'd know.
1: Actually, uh, all of the writing was done by Andrew Van Wingarden. Is it Wingarden? Correct me if I'm wrong. Wingarden. How is I, it? W-E-I? W-Y-N. Garden. Oh, yeah. Wingarden. Wingarden. He did everything on the album. He did lead vocals, guitar, keyboards, bass, guitar, drums, and percussion. Ben Goldwasser uh, made actu- the posters, made the posters, <laughs> did all the costumes. He was like, all right, "I want you to wear this." Got feather. Twizzlers for the green room. He's like, I- "God damn it! I got you a purple feather boa, <laughs> a purple one. I know you said you <laughs> want green, but we're doing purple tonight." Anyway, have a good sound check. I'll be back at well, seven. Right, let me make sure. Me tu- let me <laughs> my- let me tune my theremin. Uh. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go take a nap. So it's done by just two guys. They have a touring band. That's crazy. That's got to be weird to tour, too,
2: especially if one dude's playing everything.
1: Well, from everything I read about them was that like they didn't intend on being a band. Uh, they just started writing songs together, and and then they they somehow got asked to open for Of Montreal. Do you remember that band? They're, uh, I don't even think they're from Montreal. Maybe they are, but they they went on tour with them, and then they decided to really... Pursue this Right And so I listened to Time Pretend Time to Pretend And that was probably one of the most popular, ones, so popular songs that came out and, it, and what's cool about that song it, it's, There's a whole theme throughout this album there's, it's about their career. It's about selling out. It's right. about the earth. It's about you. So, Time to Pretend is a song about imagining them, about them imagining uh, them becoming huge rock stars, okay. which is ironic because it actually made them happen yeah. by doing that. That's interesting. I mean, so here's some of the lyrics. This is our decision to live fast and die young. We've got the vision. Now let's have some fun. Yeah, it's overwhelming, but what else can you do? Get jobs in offices and wake up for the morning commute. How does that lyric resonate with you? Because, like, for me and you as two guys that didn't follow the beaten path, you know, like, could you have gone back or, like, was there a big time in your life where you had to make that decision of, like, am I just going to have a normal life or do I going to go out and pursue my dreams?
2: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you do like I definitely had, um, you know, a lot of like mini decisions leading up to a big decision to go pursue. But I also always knew that I kind of would, like, ever since I was young. But there were definitely times where I was like, "Should I go back to a simple, like, not simple, but a kind of more regular career path?" and Lead a little bit more of a simpler life, you know. What would you
1: have done if you weren't a comedian slash podcaster I mean, slash I don't writer?
2: Really, no. I mean, I well, you know there were jobs that I had. I don't think I could have worked in an office. But after having written on shows, you are basically in an office. You are living an office life, and it is you know not cubically, uh, which is hyphenated, hopefully. Uh, but you are like very much. You know, nine to six, whatever, in an office, you know, regimented, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes weird, uh, you know, like the lighting in the room is weird. You don't get a lot of sunlight. You spend a lot of time indoors. But- My favorite job I had that was, like, totally separate from anything entertainment-based was when I used to valet park cars. So I think for a while in my head, what I would do is I would romanticize, like, going back to Boston and valeting cars again, you know, because that was, like, a job where I, like, made money. I had, like, a good position. Like, I was an employee of the month at this big-ass company once, you know? So... <laughs> I definitely, like, romanticize that. Now, obviously, like, anything no else. no
1: responsibility. Just all you got to do is... Be- what a dude. great... And I did seven days a week. I did seven nights a week, and it never bothered me. And you always feel like you're, you, you're a new car owner. It's like, ooh, it's like I got In, a Toyota Celica. This I had is a, a 2000- great
2: situation at the end where I was, like, working at this, like, old, fancy restaurant, and I did not have to take the cars very far. I was like, this is just like taking candy from fucking babies, you know? Yeah. But um, it never fully you know, it it never, I never doubted, I almost doubted myself enough to do it, but I never fully doubted myself that much to
1: do it. The, one of the main decisions for me to really pursue this, because I always wanted to, just like you. I mean, I feel like there are certain people that have a calling at a really young age. People say to them, you're good at doing this. You stick out when you do this. Yeah. And so I had that when I was younger. And, it, and then it, it, it really resonated when I was in like, high school and i remember that was like my family wasn't doing very well and i would look at my dad every morning and he just hated you could just tell it was like getting yeah. ready to leave and like he was just getting he had his orcan outfit on because he was a pest control guy oh he, made he was a, an orcan man he, well he made a lot of bad decisions and but he had he was a very successful uh, accountant and then made some bad decisions and ended up in a uh, an orcan man but it's just that that, like, feeling of, like, of just, oh, that dread that you have to go. And it's, like, be able to see that, that solidified that it was, like, I'm never going to do that. Like, I'm never going to have to – I don't want to work for somebody at, at a job that I don't want to work for for pay that's not enough for me to really – what? I don't know if I've told you this. I was a private party DJ. Oh, so ahead. I did that for 10 years while I paid my way through college. Yeah. So I can't tell you like yeah. how at the most loving event at someone's life like a wedding, yeah. like I'm just You're hot. like what if I punched her husband right <laughs> in the mouth? I am just like cursing these people under my breath yeah. and I'm like I was like I just played the cha-cha slide, okay? Uh, we don't need yeah. to hear it <laughs> again. <laughs> I know you paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I'm putting on Hey Ya. Is yeah. Hey Ya okay? Can yeah. we put on Hey Ya?
0: Oh,
2: I bet you hated Hey Ya.
1: I did, but it also was, dude, there was a clutch song, man. Shake that it was, like a Polaroid pit. Um, You're like, yeah, yeah, he says Polaroid, you fucking assholes. <laughs> dude, that song, that that song, Hey Ya was like the go-to. All right, they're not dancing. I got to get them up. I got Hey Ya in my back pocket. Always had Hey Ya ready to go. If it was a kid's party like you were dealing yeah. with, who let the dogs out? That, oh, that changed I the that. game. yeah. That changed the game yeah. of, of children uh, party DJing. So I can completely relate with That's you. That's The Office. Because that will lead us into the next song off the record, Weekend Wars, uh, which you were mentioning David Bowie yeah. earlier. Um, and if you... I, I think Weekend Wars is a complete and utter David Bowie ripoff. Yeah. Peter, would you be so kind as to play a little clip from Weekend Wars, the part that I said sounds like fucking David Bowie? Evil S.I.S. To find the shore A beast that doesn't quiver anymore Hi, Peter. Hi, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's in D.C., dude. Peter. Say hi to David, too, my other producer. Hey, he's David. How are David, you, baby? And then might as well throw in Jeremiah as well. Jeremiah,
2: let's get together and get the hot tub.
1: Also, guys, we're going to have to cut this part out to sure. save time to get it down. So. so, guys, cut
2: out the first half of all of this. <laughs> no. Oh, sorry. I shouldn't Good. give directions. Go ahead, Peter. Do you.
1: Now we're getting to, then there's the youth, the youth, which is actually probably my favorite lyrics, the favorite chorus. Yeah, I agree. Electric feel I want to talk about. I like that song. You don't like like song. I love that oh, you song. Do. Okay, it, good. it was the it was the one song out of this whole album yeah. that I played at, actually maybe in the top 500 I, I, yeah. I just think out of the 500 albums this might Great be one song. of the few songs I played at the strip club best lyrics on the song saw her in the Amazon with the voltage running through her skin standing there with nothing on she gonna teach me how to swim wow yeah, that play that good. part real quick Peter Actually, no, 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 no. Don't play it because I used to play this at the strip club. So play the song and I'm going to do an intro. Oh, yeah, y'all. Give it up for Cilantro, guys. Yeah, go in the back, get a buy two dances, get one free, save a little bit of green, get everything in between. Coming up to the main stage, y'all, give it up for Pookie Willingham. Hand.
2: Oh my god, Wait. you have the perfect I mean you know this.
1: I do. I've I've been ma- I've actually had a have a good uh, couple months. I am the voice of the uh oh, you the told me Anthony this. Bourdain promos. Yeah. Uh and also uh because of that I booked a couple more commercials, one of them being a um a dumpster company in West Texas. East Texas.
0: East Texas right.
1: called two S two S something. I forgot it already. Check them out. Two S but uh it's literally because I might, one of my goals was to always be the voice of, of, like, the of, like, dirt, yeah trash. Right. I played mucus already. I've been mucus in a, in a cold and flu medication oh, commercial. Oh, yes. That's um, so how I got my SAG card. <laughs> cold and flu season's never going to stop us. We're allergies. Oh, my God. That's great. <laughs> so I could do all that. I'm always, always looking for more. But I love that lyric because yeah. there's nothing better. Has anybody ever taught you how to swim? Does that mean fuck? It
2: means fuck. Okay. Um, <laughs> I uh, I like to dig through. Um, that was the
1: greatest. You, The way you said it so cavalier <laughs> means fuck, right? Yeah, okay, moving on.
2: Um, yeah, I would say, I mean, I would. I lost my virginity in England when I was, like, young. So it's like there was definitely no teaching for a little while, but then
1: eventually, yeah, you know,
2: once you have a first serious girlfriend, that's when I feel like you.
1: I, I I'm trying to remember a who who taught me. I don't think it was me. This was two months ago. God. Remember? Dude, 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 I told you not to bring that shit up, I'm sorry. Jesus
2: I'm sorry. Christ, man. Sorry, You're Peter, right. cut a, that out. Yeah, Peter. Peter, abuse your own body to Peter. this, but then lose it, pal. <laughs> don't put it in the cloud either. We're not idiots.
1: Abuse your own body. All right. I love that. Um, no, but I feel like I feel like as you know, as I've gotten older, I had other girls that were a little bit more uh, sexually aware. I did date a younger girl or older girl when I was when I was twenty, when I was in my rave days. She was like forty. We, mm-hmm. we we hung out a little bit, and and I feel like I was taught how to swim. You know what I mean? Because I had no idea what I was doing prior to that. The first time I ever had sex with a girl, it was some. I hate to say it, but the first might have lost my virginity was to some some girl I didn't know. Her, I don't know her name. I I met her in Myrtle Beach and I remember um, I uh, because I was like I saw it in pornos or I don't know why I wanted to 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 make it a nice experience for her, so I ran to the to the ice box what? and I got an ice cube okay. and then I rubbed the ice cube on her vagina oh my god <laughs> That's a bowl I did some eyes bull. some eyes wide shut fucking nine yeah. and a half week shit you know what I mean bull. some girl I don't know her name the guy I'm
2: waiting a- behind you in the ice bucket <laughs> lines like where's your bucket like just need one cube sir it's for a badge later <laughs> how old are you
1: she's 40. <laughs> I'm 18 Yeah I'm 18 and I Dude I thought I was like I'm like ultimate pleasure I was thinking That would be The sexiest thing My gift melted
2: But uh (laughs) Just so you know There's more where that came from Mm -hmm.
1: Moving on Kids Which is probably The most popular song Play a little bit of the intro Ah!
0: That,
2: that's one that maybe suffered from overexposure for me. 100%. That, like, I'd heard that one a bunch.
1: Yes, but what's funny about that song, though, is that it was overexposed when it first came out, but I, through this, I realized how good yeah, the song is. it's good. It dude, it pounds. Yeah. Just the uh, My favorite, favorite part about that, and I want to know if you catch it, is just the keyboards in the song. There's very subtle keyboards. Um, if you go to Minute... One second oh nine, so one oh nine in the song, it has these subtle keyboards that Peter is playing right now. Do an impression. It's like
0: yeah. do yeah, do I know what you're do do But it's
1: on it's really low and it just it just makes it so much. Also, then you 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 figure out what the song is about. Yeah. The song is about you know about the you know the feelings and nostalgia of being young in the simpler times. And, and being a kid about being innocent and then as the as the music and the melody progress it starts moving on to the next stage of your life as you grow older you begin to lose that innocence and you fall was into society's 17 ways. yes it is yeah. but it's in, in a far more robotic yeah. I am not enjoying yeah. adulthood <laughs> oh, uh, oh 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 yeah. oh oh yeah. oh I wish I was still on my mother's <laughs> bosom oh, oh 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 and they're not wrong you know no, what I mean? No. I would love to not be in $40,000 of debt to Sally Mae. I'm going to keep deferring, Sally Mae. You're never getting my money until I use that goddamn film degree. <laughs> <laughs> Best lyrics of the song, control yourself, take only you what should... you need from it. Uh, I mean, that's literally mm-hmm. them saying just the earth is precious. Like, don't fucking rape it like we are. <laughs> we And then we we get into the second half of the record where I feel it just begins to fall apart. You're starting with fourth dimensional transition, which is the start of the psychedelic rock, which is funny because this is where the album changes and this is... Uh, actually, where their careers changed as well because they weren't making pop after this. That at, right after you end with Kids, it becomes all psychedelic rock for the next hmm. three records. Hmm. Yeah, dude. Then such chronology. I, uh, dude, it's crazy. Then pieces of what? Love the simpleness of the song. Do you know that one? How does that one go? We
0: go. Uh, not
1: didn't crazy see, about it. it not, see, that was the thing. is I didn't like it. I don't like fourth dimensional transition. Pieces of what? I hated it as well. Then it caught on and I started to really feel that like pieces of what? Pieces of what? it's just it's so simple and just so catchy but it's it's just not something i this is why this album is is i didn't it's I, weird because
2: yeah, I definitely think that yeah i think you're it's weird you're you're absolutely right like the first half if the if they if there were like four more songs that came after the first half that were similar, not yeah. similar but same vibe, my guess is I would like even like these lyrics or even some of the way they're like some of the music in it if it was Given like kind of the flavor of the first half. I don't know. Yeah, it didn't I mean, like I said,
1: um of Moons, Birds and Monsters, I like Best Song on the Record. Yeah. Let's just get to that. Yeah. Okay. Because that ideally is the best song is that's your favorite song on the record. Because in my, that, view, my I would opinion.
2: say Electric Eel Electric Feel and that are my two favorite.
1: Well, Electric Feel is 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 perfect. But it's yeah. such a—it's. I feel like where you're blending a little bit of the pop, you're blending a little bit of the psychedelic rock, and yeah. it's becoming of moons, birds, and monsters. Yeah. It has a catchy ass hook, yep. but in my opinion, it, it just has three movements in the song. You have the opening. That it kills you with that guitar solo, yeah. which is the first time. Play the guitar solo, uh, minute one, not, not the clip, do an actual rendition. <laughs> everybody at home, everybody learn the part, start Come playing. On, it. <laughs> it's the first real rock and roll part of the record, in my opinion. Yeah.
2: It does sound. I mean, it, yeah, it has such a different feel to it. Yeah,
1: but it it, it changes the whole, the whole. And then, it, and then, what's so good about that is that it goes from that, and then it goes into that breakdown that goes on for about two minutes, and it's just sick. And the funny thing is, I was just in, like I said, I was going to Vegas with the band to do the jam, and Nick and Joel and I listened to this like three times, and Nick, Joel could appreciate it. Nick didn't like this record at all. He thought it was trying to be too much. Okay. Uh, but then that song came on, and that was the first time he was like, All right, this is it. None of the pop songs. It's a long of the... wait for Nick. Well, he just he wasn't feeling it. It's just it just made sense. And to be honest with you, it was a song it was out of all the songs from the second half of the record, I hated all of them except for Of Moons, Birds, and Monsters.
2: I'm pretty much the same. Not even hate, but just like you're a little let down by what has been sort of set up and then it kind of becomes a little, uh, yes. Yeah.
1: A million percent to make this album. Perfect. What song needs to be removed from this record?
2: I really did not like the last song. Really? Uh, yeah. Future relations. Cause for uh, reflections. Why didn't you like it? I don't know. It just felt like, um, potentially that you're missing the sound of what you've kind of enjoyed for the beginning. But I don't know. Just felt like I, you know, like I think most albums end with a really good song. And that one just felt uh, a little too simple, I guess.
1: That became, uh, it was one of my least favorite songs. Then it became, I think that's my second favorite now. For some reason, something caught on in the last few days and I can't stop listening to it. And when that happens, it's good. My least favorite song on the record is The Handshake. It's the second to last. I don't even want to talk about it. If you want to play a little clip of that, Peter. Yeah.
2: It definitely the end falls apart.
1: It really falls apart, but but it's the handshake. There's nothing I enjoyed about that song. If I could make this record better, a hundred percent, that's what I do to get rid of it. But what I did like is when I read the lyrics of the handshake, and it's about selling out. And uh, I wish this song was out of the record. Yeah, is Y'all get that? That's my catchphrase. <laughs> Peter, play that back with some reverb. I wish this song was out of the record. <laughs> You ready for facts? Yeah. All right, so what do you think about the importance of creative direction? Let's ask you that before I end into this. Uh, wh- wh- what do you mean? Do you, the importance Adding of... Having somebody to work with to guide you.
2: Oh, I... Well, I mean, for my... For personally, extremely important. I um, have a writing partner that I've worked with for like 20 years and pretty exclusively um, because I find it so helpful and... And we both I mean, it's almost like, you know, we're building the same ship, but I find it very helpful to have someone to not only bounce off of, but collaborate with and someone who's, you know, if you find someone whose ideas you respect and whose opinion you like and whose humor you share and you can exploit that to um be harsh on each other in a way that gets the be- the best out of both of you and your product. I mean, to me, that is, um, you know, that just helps everything. Sure, of I course. mean having having someone to sort of devil's advocate points or poke holes or you know make you believe in it more or even find a new wrinkle or whatever. I think is always I've always found really
1: helpful. well. To, speaking of that, to totally agree with that statement, they had found theirs, which is you talked about it earlier. The producer of this. Legendary Dave Friedman, I might have said it wrong because it came up Friedman. So I, maybe it is Dave Friedman. But in 2010, three of his albums that he produced were listed in the Rolling Stone 100 best albums of all of of the decade. Yeah, I'm sorry. Wow. He produced were listed in the 100 best albums of the wow, decade. That's crazy. Oracular, spectacular by MGMT. Yoshimi battles the Pink Robot by the Flaming Lips, and wow. The Woods by Slater Kenny. And uh, do you think that's, like, by a mistake? Do you think, like, somebody working with that, like, this guy has an idea of who he wants to work with? Or have you met people that are like that, that are constant, like, what they do is just obviously elevated above it? Or it's just a clear direction? No, I
2: definitely, I've definitely, um, you know, there are elevators, for sure. There are people who, like, elevate shit. I mean, you also have to, if you're in the position where you are directly trying to produce someone else's sound or, you know, even, like, vision... Um, you part of it is your eye, I think. Part of it is you're saying, These are, I enjoy this. Yeah, I enjoy this so much. I feel like I could help make this stronger. Um, so part of it is good taste and then the ability to, you they know, sit
1: and be able to take the notes and collaborate. Yeah, yeah. You and, and, and you know, take, take notes and get your
2: ideas shot down and whatever it is, but be able to collaborate and get the. And again, the thing is that you know, you sometimes forget, I think, is that if you're collaborating, like. Everybody wants something really good, you know, for them, unless they're like a mole, yeah. uh, you know, so everybody's trying to build something great. It's just how in line are your opinions and how much do you enjoy building that?
1: And he's probably just someone that people enjoy building with. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, here's another fact. Uh, this is about kids. In an interview with Time Out London, Wingarden Garden described the band's mentality when writing the songs. We were just happy-go-lucky, going crazy on campus. But at the same time, we were nostalgic for childhood, and that was the threat of post-college life coming. Hmm. So now that you, I think we kind of might have mentioned this, but I just want to ask it again. So now that you are 15 years or, or let's say 20 you know, uh, years removed from youth, looking back now, where, tough to hear, right? where would you rather be? Uh, no, you you know, would you rather be in the innocence of youth or the security and knowledge of adulthood? Because I figure the the mistakes that you make are younger is what makes the the older you get better. And
2: it's a real fucker. I think it, I've thought about this before, um, but I, it is it's a real fucker. I mean, I think when you're young, you want it all, mm-hmm. you want it now, yeah. and when you're old, you appreciate that you didn't get it right away. So, and I think if you see that, um, not all not all people, but some people. If there's not adversity, if there's not fight, if there's not something they have to go through to get to where they want to, you almost don't enjoy it as much. Yo, so, for sure. I, always, I think there is. I, I guess my answer would be that, yeah. I guess I would. I would rather now, but I definitely miss youth.
1: For sure, of course. I would love if my knees didn't crack as loud as they do now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I can go back to uncracking knees. Rolling Stone voted it the 18th best album of the 2000s ahead. Of Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, Green Day, American Idiot, and Radiohead, In Rainbows. And I'll just throw in, this is, these are all below. Yeah. This is ranked higher. Oracular Spectacular is ranked higher than all of those records and My Morning Jacket, Z. Um, do you agree with that? I certainly don't agree with it being above Amy Winehouse. Really? Yeah. Out of all of them? Uh, that's Yeah, that and album to
2: me is fucking great. And
1: I agree. No, it's a, it's a fantastic record. The, I, I think that the fact that you would put In Rainbows below that, yeah, In Rainbows to me is is just such a record that, I mean, had so much power, not just from the depth of the music on there, but from the fact that that was the first record that was like, fuck all of y'all, we're doing no label, we're putting this out, you can pay whatever you want. That right there changed the game. That was the first time, I think, that they realized, and maybe Napster... Was the real first time, but it, I think it was really the time where they were like, "All right, we've got to we've got to change everything. CDs are done; yeah. it's over because nobody bought the physical record." Um, but I dig that.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: I, I don't disagree. Okay, it, it is high. It's, it's just, it just doesn't doesn't seem right. It's, All right, yeah. All right, so uh, moving on. Jay Z was such a fan of this record that he asked them to make a track for the Blueprint Three. But didn't like the final outcome and eventually passed on it. Wow! I don't know. This is a this is a a personal subject, but I know you've worked with a lot of people. You write. Like, have you ever invested a lot of time into something and you are like, or you've been maybe like somebody you want to work with or wants to work with you, and then you've just Mm -hmm. the work is just they're like, no, this is.
2: Yeah, I've definitely been in positions where. You can be a fan of someone and it not work, you know, for sure. I mean, there's definitely, you've got, it's your chemistry. I mean, it really is. It's like, what do you, you know, it doesn't matter if I like what you do independently and you like what I do independently.
1: There's a a totally different thing when we mush together. There's a chance,
2: there's a chance that that's not going to vibe. Either
1: you'll, you'll you'll seal perfectly like the yin and yang or you'll become, uh, you become like that scene in the movie Time Cop where oh, uh, where he the, touches Ron Silver. Yeah, where Ron Silver just touches become the other big pile of mush. Yeah, dude, that's, you know, can I tell you this? Anytime I meet somebody and I'm shaking their hand, I'm like, hey, my name's you know, I yeah. am Josh. He's like, I'm Frank. I'm like, hey, what's your name? Hey, I'm Gareth. And then the guy's like, hey, my name's Josh, too. You're like, and I, I feel like Ron Silver. Like, like
2: The same matter <laughs> can't occupy the same <laughs> space, Ron. <Yeah. laughs> Fellow Josh.
1: That's crazy. <laughs>
2: All right. I mean, look. I think, yeah, for sure. I mean, there are definitely you just cannot predict what it's going to be like to work with someone that you adore, because sometimes it's gutting.
1: It's always a you know what's funny. There's been people that I've that I've hated in my life that I thought like I just my e hate my ego hated right. whether it was in college or in comedy or whatever it is, and I created that war with that person, and then the next thing I know, we're fucking like vibing on a, on like an album or a riff or whatever. And um, then it just changes, but it's like it's tough, man. I think it's 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 one of those things where when you have two people with such huge egos, because I'm not saying Jay Z has a huge ego. I don't know, but when you're on that level of fame, you're up that big. Yeah, you have to. You have to believe in yourself at least. And then the with MGMT, they're have they're the hit new band. They're fucking like, killing it, and so to be able to get them in the same room together was like, all right, well, this is the, the old big shit, and now this is the new big shit. You know, I could see... It's too I, much big shit. Too much big shit. All right. They took on the president of France and won. In 2008, uh, French president uh, Nicolas Sarkozy, Union of the Popular Movement Party, used the band song Kids at a party conference and in videos without permission. Uh, he later apologized and made a symbolic offering to smooth things over. They The band rejected it, Proceeded with legal case, and uh, the funny thing is, it's we were just talking about. It's about they said that France was trying to pass this strict anti piracy legislation at the same time that they would punish illegal downloaders. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I like they went against they 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 were fine with the illegal downloading. Yeah, I, I actually uh, really did yeah. that. I because I loved I loved Napster. It's cool to
2: also not
1: concede just to.
2: Not ruffle any feathers.
1: True, but did, did Metallica become less cool when they were fighting Napster? Lars sure did. <laughs>
2: what a fucking... Lars, Lars, like I'll fall on the sword, guys.
1: Um, South Park did it best yeah, with they... that whole like. <laughs> they did. I mean,
2: you know, look, I, there is certainly something to the fact that, like, you know, we used to probably overvalue what you would pay for music, and now we probably undervalue what we pay for music. But yes, I think with the Napster thing, um, yeah, Metallica took some uh, armor hits especially Lars. All
1: right. So it's MGMT, not management. Like people say, so it's MGMT. That's how you say the band's name. And that is not though the original name of the band. The original name was the management because they wanted to sell out as quick as possible. And it's funny because they actually did. Um, (laughs) So do you think, uh, do you think this band sold out? Do you think they did? They say they did. Do you think they did? I mean, if they said they did, I, I, to me, I would say, I, I mean, I would say no.
2: I don't know. I, I think. I mean, I'm not that, sure about it too. That's like, every. I mean, that would that would kind of, you know, you would kind of infer from that that every band you like has here's, sold out.
1: <laughs> here's what I think they did when they when know. they say that they sold out. Here's why what, what I think. I think when we're talking about the two halves of the record, they made that first half. To, to be all poppy and get him there and then what they did is then they went all into the direction I think the second half of that record right. is exactly the sound that they really want to do because uh, that's right. followed up that through sense. congratulations yeah. that's followed up through the record after that now but they're still, starting to get
2: it's still a huge skill to huge. be able to oh I'm not shitting sell
1: on sell out yeah. and make hits for sure step into the world of power loyalty I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
0: VTW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: So that's what I think. All right, a few more. So they never intended to start a band. So when Andrew and Ben met at Wesleyan University, is that it? Wesleyan mm. University during their freshman year, they didn't plan to start a band. The two just enjoyed sharing music with each other and eventually they started experimenting with different kinds of noises. And electronic sounds. And before they knew it, they had an EP and were opening for Of Montreal. So I'm going to give it i I'm going to run with this before we talk into it to go into the second one. Because they didn't, because of that, they didn't take their early live shows very seriously. So the band had said that when they first started their shows, they were not, they were not much more than a joke. So they were performed as a duo backed up by just an iPod, no instruments, and the audience didn't know what to make of them. Yeah. Um, uh, I wouldn't. I'd I'd probably. Well, the thing is, though, dude, I've gone to see a million hip hop shows, and that's basically what. But there's a lot lyrically coming at you. You uh, you don't think that there's a lot lyrically coming at you from this? I do. I, I think mean, there's. I think to be honest with you, if we're talking about hip hop yeah. now, and uh, let's go back to but, 2008 but, when this came out, compared to and them uh, lyrically, I think there's more weight in a lot of the stuff that MGMT's saying. For some artists, in yeah, hip-hop.
2: I I would say I guess maybe you're just you. Uh, it's not crazy for you to just hear one. Thing on repeat for a hip hop song because you're listening yeah. to flow versus like the ly- you're, not, you're listening to the lyrics, but it's also flow based.
1: All right, uh, this is my favorite one out of all the facts, except for the last one. Uh, they opened up for Paul McCartney at Fenway Park oh. in August fifth and six, two thousand and nine. Wow, that's
0: crazy!
1: <sighs> He's a fan, and he brought him along. He said he wanted them to oh, come to a
0: show. I love you so much. I love you. You're the management. Oh. No, Paul. <laughs> What happens in the second half? It all falls apart. It gets all googly boogly. It's not right, is the it? The first one's smooth like nice a cantaloupe, and, and then it becomes all becomes rough. a cactus, <laughs> doesn't it? Becomes all rough. Yeah. What? What's up with all this? What's up with all this theremin music? <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'll just use an
2: iPod now. <laughs> uh, that was. That's gonna be a crazy ass gig. Can you
0: imagine that
1: do, shit? Do Paul McCartney walking into their, their green room. I'm, I'm MGMT. Oh, hey, boys. It's great. To, sorry, I should have knocked. It's all right, Paul. I don't know. Hello. Uh, now well, I may I come one. in? Of course. Come on <laughs> in. I
0: just wanted to stop by and say I'm a huge fan. I know. Well, well I love. You, I don't know you. if you got my email, but I love you guys. Well, we're
1: obviously here. We're opening for you. I, I mean. know.
0: That's crazy. You know, we now I've got to tell you something. What's that? We can't pay you. Why is that?
1: Well, there's been a big mix-up. Did you get my emails? I, I mean, we, we're kind of a, a, against technology, so we're not really oh. into the email thing. Oh. I mean, I didn't well, check Well, when it. I
0: wrote Hey Jude, that <laughs> was about two and a half minutes. Really? really? Long, yeah. But what it was about was John Lennon's son, you know? Oh. Yeah. Well, anyway, we can't pay you. <laughs> All right. All right. It's good going to say, right. yeah. I knock on the way out as well. <laughs> ta Fucking idiots. Yeah, I got them. Oh, the door's are open. Yeah. Sorry, boys. Big fan. <laughs> oh, I love
1: you. They were hesitant to take the record deal with Columbia. It wasn't until their fathers told them to sign it. How, how rock and roll. That's the most rock and roll shit. Let me ask you a question. How, how involved in your career have your parents been? And do they mentor you? And do you listen to them?
2: Uh, they have not. I mean, directly involved zero. They've mentored me none, and I listen to them very rarely.
1: I d- I never listen. It's a very different career. Yeah. It's not like it's, I'm like I know.
2: you know doing what they used to do and sort of asking for this. I mean, they they do not understand what's going on.
1: My mom's the only reason I'm still doing this. She's if I w- if it wasn't for her, I, I would have fucking really. Oh my god, I would have been. Yes. I'd still be at home. I mean, or my my car would still be booted. From yeah. fucking two thousand and nine. I mean I don't I don't
2: Well, they've I guess I should say there have been times where I've had to call my parents and ask them to loan
1: me money. That's fucking <laughs> no, that's nothing wrong with that, dude. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. I've I'm,
2: paid it back, but there have definitely been times yeah. where I've been fucked and needed their advice. But even I would say moreover, my brother has been more of a uh you know, influence element in, in my life. Cause he lives in Los Angeles. So he's like, well there. Yeah.
1: So there you go. It doesn't have to just be parents. I mean, family members like yeah. directing it. Um, yeah. I know I completely get that. I, um, yeah, my mom, my mom is literally like the one person that's kept me out here. And, um, I would never listen to her because her, you know, when I did the TV show and, you know, Comedy Central cut me out of it, yeah. my own TV show. My mom's like, why don't you tell them to put you back in? I don't understand. You go tell them that I want more scenes with you. And I'm like, that's not how it works. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, can you get Dame Judi Dench on the show? Oh, I really hurt. like her. Or maybe Maggie Smith. Any of the old British bitches uh, that I love <laughs> so much. Can you get them on the show? Oh, wow. All right, their second album is about the aftermath of their first record. Uh, all, one of the main themes of congratulations is how the band dealt with the fame they earned from Oracular Spectacular, and because of this, like I'm now an MGMT fan. I'm gonna go on, you know, and, and maybe over the next week or so, just kind of pop in and out of yeah. the influences. Like I never heard of the band Suicide. Uh, that they're so influenced by. Like they've they've said it, and I listen to their music. It's literally. Such a hardcore, um, just you could. uh, uh, What is the word I'm looking for? Just it's they've they've taken so much from that. They've taken so much from from Kanye and Radiohead and all those great bands and like the. They took a lot from Radiohead. They took a spot on the top albums. Did I already sing the incense peppermint song? Not today. You know the one. that's like
2: incense "Incense and peppermints ripples and time.
1: Do we do that yet? Mm-mm. That is it, dude. Alright, when I MGMT is blatantly that song, like Incense
0: Babamens, Ripples in Time. What games we choose? Little to win, but nothing to lose. Incense That's a great
1: jam. jam. <laughs> Alright. Let's wrap this up. You want to find out what happened to MGMT, brother? Yeah. Alright, uh, the great David Ross Not the comedian Dave Ross okay. uh, My producer Big, black, beautiful David Ross I love you to death He's going on this journey with me As usual, he writes on the Where are they now portion of the show So here we go After the commercial success of Iracular Spectacular The duo released two albums Congratulations and uh, Self-titled MGMT Which didn't accomplish The same level of success which they didn't have a huge success, by the way. I'm interjecting. They, I was reading that they only sold seven. Oh, fuck, I think it was like seventeen thousand. Oh, they wow. never sold more than seventeen thousand a week. But then at a certain point, it hit like a two thousand, and it's constantly been selling records right. from this point on. It's like right. one of those like huh. Bob Freepers. Marley. Yeah, it's just it's. So I don't know exactly how many. Uh, it wasn't until their last album. Little Dark Age, which was released in February of 2018, that you saw a return to that sound. And I love what David wrote here. Perhaps electropop is where they belong, even if they don't want to live there. David, you devil! Oh! Wow. So are you going to recommend this album to anybody? I would recommend this album, yeah.
2: yeah, you know? Yeah, I've had, I've had a couple of people in my car it was since I've been listening to it. When
1: anyway. they were into it? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's good shit. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff on there.
1: You know it's, what else is good stuff? Huh? You, Josh, and you me. Segway King teaching each other how to swim, baby. Let's do <laughs> it. Pull your pants off. let me suck your dick real quick. Yeah,
2: I remember, my dad taught me. So um... <laughs> what
1: is, does that, that, way, that way to grab your dick must be the British approach. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's right. <laughs> that <must> Backhanded.
1: Be... <laughs> a two-handed backhand. You were fantastic, man. Thank you for coming. Thank on, Thank you, dude. Josh. I appreciate it. Uh... All right. We can't pay you. We can't. How much fun was that episode, guys? One more time. Gareth Reynolds, incredible, incredible, in fucking incredible. I love him to death, guys. And if you want to find out more about Gareth Reynolds, go to his website, garethreynolds.com. And he, on social media, it's actually flip-flop it backwards. Reynolds Gareth on all social media, guys. If you want to go out to see the dollop live, this weekend they're going to be in Texas. And they'll be in L.A. on January 19th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for all tickets to see him live. Also, we're posting his mixtape track listing. It's on the website, it's on our social media, and it's on all music platforms. So look it up. Get inside his musical mind. Email the podcast at 500 podcast at gmail.com. And follow me once again at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. We've got coming up December 20th. I'm doing Shimmy Shimmy Yah at the comedy store. That's where I have some incredible comics. We go up, and do stand-up, and then we clear wreckage from our life by giving away real stuff to you that is really from our lives. Could be a t-shirt we don't wear, could be a busted fork. Could be old antibiotics for some folliculitis that you have on your chest. Who knows what we're going to give out, but it's such a fun show. We're doing it at the Comedy Store in the main room, December 20th. Chris Dalia, Brendan Schaub, Eliza Schlesinger, Ryan Sickler, and I got a special guest whose name rhymes with Schmil Schmer. So get to the fucking show, y'all. All tickets are going to be on my website at joshadammeyers.com, or for that show, you can go to thecomedystore.com to get tickets. It will sell out. It is this shit. All things uh, 500, the500podcast.com. I say it every week. You should know it by now, my little five honeys. Please subscribe to the platform of your choosing to listen to this podcast. And when you do it, leave a review and rate the motherfucker. We got our first live show coming up in April at the Moon Tower Comedy Fest. I'll be doing a goddamn comedy jam there. I'll be doing stand-up, and I'll be doing my first ever live 500 podcast. I can tell you right now, one of my guests confirmed... Big Jay Okerson, maybe the Skalar Brothers. It's gonna be the shit. It's in the spring in Austin. Don't fucking miss it because I want you there. Also, also, also we created a club, guys, the 500 Club. I give away merch, t-shirts, hoodies, live chats with my guests, whatever you guys want for full access to all the uncut stuff that didn't make it to this episode because there's a lot because I ramble with these motherfuckers. The interviews, extras, whatever you want. You can get it a day early on Record Store Tuesday, but you got to join the club, the 500 Club. Join the movement, ladies and gentlemen. I need you. It's a fucking movement. The only way we're going to move to number one is by joining. So be a part of the 500 Club. And you can sign up for that on our website at the500podcast.com backslash club. And it's all the details on the Patreon membership and ways to support the 500, because this shit isn't cheap, guys. it takes take a long time to fucking make these episodes. Now, as I do every week, I introduce you to some new music. We just listened to MGMT from 2007. Now, here is an artist that was directly influenced by this record. From Australia, we have Slum, Sociable, and their new single, Afterthought. Guys, I am not lying. I fucking love this band. I love this song, Afterthought. I love all of their songs. This band is the shit. So I want you guys to go to the website, download their song, listen to it. And if you guys want to have your music played on the 500 at the end of the podcast, guys, send us your music to our email, 500 podcast at gmail.com. In the fucking header, put the artist and the album that you were influenced by. And if I dig it, I'll play it. I'm trying to launch careers here, people. Trying to help y'all out. That's all I want to do. I really want to help people. As you go up, reach down, pull motherfuckers up. So, find out everything about Slum Sociable on our website. Get their new single, Afterthought. Listen to it at the end of this. And also, be a part of the movement. Next week... Is Wilco week. And we got their 2001 release Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. So you guys got some homework to do. Thanks again for tuning in. I love you, my little five honey bunnies. I'll talk to y'all next week. No purchase necessary. Void, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Porn, Satan, drugs, therapy—it's not just the list of what I'm up to this weekend. I'm comedian Kiki Anderson, and those are just a handful of the taboo topics I've poked and prodded at so far on my podcast, Indecent—the show where we peel at the wallpaper of polite society. Each episode digs into the dark underbelly of our culture to dissect the things we aren't allowed to talk about around the dinner table, featuring conversations with comedians, activists, journalists, academics. They all help me figure out the who, what, and why behind what is and isn't acceptable behavior. And Decent with Kiki Anderson, where NSFW meets LMAO. Next Chapter Podcasts.